0: Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session.
1: Welcome to the show. My name is Kareem Kanji. Welcome to episode number seven. Today, uh, our guest is a former rock star and current uh, digital media professional here in Toronto. Please welcome to the studios here at Pacific Junction Hotel in Girth Radio Studios, my good friend, Greg Tilston.
2: Kareem, how are you, buddy?
1: (laughs) I pointed to you. You did, I did. I'm like, oh,
2: he pointed to me. I got to talk now. I'm doing great, man. I'm how are you? I'm excellent. Uh, great. It's. Uh, it seems that I've known you f- f- like forever. It's been many, many years. It's been... It, but
1: it hasn't been that long.
2: No, but I don't know. Six years? S- but how are we in? We're in
1: 2015, 2010.
2: Yeah, five yeah, years. Maybe five, six yeah, yeah. years,
1: yeah, yeah. I think. Um. Yeah. But it seems just seems longer than that. It does in this space that we work in. It seems like we're brothers online. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that um, you know, in, in in this online world, time seems to go slower. Plus, five years is a long time. It is in the digital space. Exactly. Yes, you know, so it se- it seems like forever. Like when we when we first met, uh, I, I think we were still building communities on Facebook.
2: We both were. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Myself at Flight Center, and yourself with Tech Vibes. I think at the time. Yes,
1: that's right. Yes. Yeah, I forgot about that life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and no, I'm not the founder or owner of Tech Vibes. I, I never was. Okay. No, some you, people you just actually. Claimed thought to be. I, I didn't claim no? to be. Other oh. people, other people thought I was. Really. Yeah.
2: Because you were the face of.
1: I thought, and I wasn't meaning to be the face. I was, you know, just sort of doing my thing. Yeah. You know, just just chatting with people. Telling other people's stories, you know, get my foot in, in the
2: space. The only Doing way, and you great have. job of it. I, I
1: appreciate say. that. Thank you. And and I think that's how we met. I'm not trying
2: to met. blow smoke here. Like seriously.
1: No, I know. I'll, I, I've paid you for that compliment. <laughs> yeah. um, but y- I, I actually want to start in sort of the work that you do is really really interesting, and you've done some interesting work uh, in in the in the industry. Um, but the part of what you've done that really fascinates me. Um, that really you know rings my fanboy bells or whatever is uh that you know a bunch of rock stars um, or former rock stars even i do um because you uh, were heavily in the music space
2: i was i was I, I am a recovering musician is the way i put it what does that mean recovering um recovering as in like a nah that that would, that would. Recovering, as in, I think you're always a musician. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something else, but that's okay. probably the best way I could put it. So yeah. you're you're always a musician. Uh, recovering, as in, you know, you can get out of it, but you've always got that itch.
1: Yeah. So, like, when did that start for you?
2: When did it start for me? I mean, I always. I played piano since I was a, a little kid. You know, piano friends. lessons. Your parents yeah. took you yeah. to that sort of thing. Yeah, um, and loved it. Um, I had an amazing piano teacher who didn't, she knew when to let me go, Mm -hmm. if you will. When I say go, as in like, okay, let's stop the conservatory and what do you want to learn how to play? I want to learn how to play Queen the Game. Okay, cool. Let's just work on that for the next couple of months. Wow. So she was amazing. So she really, you know, um, encouraged that Mm -hmm. side of me. And Um, how
1: old were you when you wanted to learn
2: that stuff? Probably... 14 15 kind of thing wow kind of that time frame yeah and I, i'm not suggesting that the queen was at that point it was probably more like i don't know irish rovers wasn't at a party or something know. <laughs> <laughs> who knows uh but yeah no she she really encouraged me and uh you know as i headed into sort of middle high school it was all about um you know becoming part of a band you know I'd looked up to Duran Duran. i looked up to Human League, bands like that. Mm-hmm. So it was all about just, like, can I do that? So yeah. playing assemblies and then getting to know musicians and being part of bands. And
1: Did you play, yeah. like, in the school band or...?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played in, like, the, the, the normal orchestra, jazz band kind of thing, yeah. Okay. And what, and what sort of stuff were you playing then? Uh, then I would have been... I started trumpet and then moved into more percussion, like timpanis... Okay. Um I was always the the guy with the big hair in the back at the timpanies. I loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. But, is, uh, is
1: that like a, re- a prerequisite in order to play the timpani you've got to have big hair?
2: Actually it was a bit of a freak, I think. More a thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. Who is that kid? Yeah, exactly. The guy in the back with the big hair. But yeah, no, I just uh I loved it. It was it it allowed me to be me, if you will.
1: So would you would you describe your hair? I'm fixated on the hair because now you, you're starting to do something with your hair now. <laughs> I am. I'm growing my hair
2: back. <laughs> Are you? People have actually been joking about. Am I going back to the '80s with this hair?
1: So, so, is, so I want to ask you: Is is it, it was it '80s rock hair like Van Halen hair, or was it '80s new wave hair?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I I don't think there's. I mean, looking back, I'm not sure there's much of a difference between them. They're they're. I mean. There is stylistically, but I think yeah. big hair was big hair back then. So I was like, I don't know. Steve Stevens, who was the guitarist for Billy Idol. He had uh, yes. big black hair. That's yeah. the kind of hair that that's I had like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, So I guess, guess I could hair. have transferred. I mean, you could have yeah. been in a heavy metal band or a rock band then with that same hair.
1: You could have. Yeah.
2: Poison, I think that's almost
1: Oh, Poison, totally.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are we dating ourselves
1: here? Oh, man. I still remember the Jays winning the World Series, by the way. I remember yes. both years. They were amazing years. <laughs> they were. Um, so you're you're 11 years old. You're playing the piano. Um, you're asking your teacher to teach a queen. Um, you're playing at, at school in the band. Yeah. Um, what was the name of... you? Did you were you the leader of, of I I guess your first band or did you join up a band? What was that all about? I was I actually
2: invited been... into a band. The first right. serious band, I guess, if you will, sure. that I was part of, um, called Plastic Dolls. And they were a speed punk band. They were like they were they were Plastic Dolls being a takeoff of New York Dolls, which was like a heavy speed ish mm-hmm. punk band. And then bringing me in as the keyboardist was the start of moving towards that new wave sound, yeah. If you will.
1: So what happened with uh, plastic dolls?
2: What happened with plastic dolls? Well, um, like where did
1: where did you, where did you play?
2: We played Larry's Hideaway. I'm going. I'm bringing back. Where do is you that? No, Larry's. No, dad? I no, don't <laughs> I know. I was looking at uh, Larry's Hideaway used to be up on, uh, college, just, just across, and just. East of Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh wow. Right, right beside the uh, park. Okay. And it was an old dive bar that was unbelievable. It was amazing. It was like dirty. It was the uh, the band room where yeah. you stayed was actually some dude's apartment. So he would come out of like his bedroom. Yeah. You know, like like scratching his underwear and <laughs> walking to the washroom, pardon me, while I walk by you guys and you're like getting ready oh, to my. play. It was amazing.
3: And, and was that
1: sort of your house club? Was that the club you guys played at where you got the um, house band?
2: No, we weren't really the house band there. Um, it was more later with other, like, sort of the, the, the another band later. We were more the house band at Lee's Palace, if you will. But, mm-hmm. no, I mean, Lee, uh, Larry's Hideaway, we played there a few times. It was amazing. It yeah. Was, I mean, I was 16 at the time. I'm in a bar playing at one <laughs> of the cool clubs in Toronto. It was spectacular.
1: And you got free beer. Did you get free beer?
2: I can't say that. You can't say that. I can't. I can't. Do you think?
1: Do you? Did other people get free beer in the band? Other people got free other beer. Pe- okay, so. <laughs> yeah, the 16-year-olds did You get paid? had one. Did, did you get paid back then? Yeah, it, got it, was paid, it a paid part of
2: the door. Okay. So how many people you brought out? I All know, right. We probably brought out like three or four people, so we got six bucks. Six
1: bucks to play. But you guys got to play. Well, that's it. Yeah. 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 That's it. So what, so what happened then um, after that? Uh, like how did that?
0: How
2: did things end off with plastic dolls? With plastic dolls, um, I guess with plastic dolls, we then morphed into a band uh, called International Boundaries. Hmm. And so there was the guitarist, the bassist, and myself. Yeah, and the drummer in and out at different times. Okay. Different drummers. Uh, uh, we had various drummers through that okay. band. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, and a singer that joined us. He's actually the voice of CBC. The voice of CBC. He is the voice. Matt of Galloway. G- no, no, no. 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 <laughs> Isn't he the voice? <laughs> the he's CBC. The, he's the voice of Metro Morning. Metro. No, Matt okay. Galloway is yes. Yes. No. Uh, Jeff is the voice of like the Olympics or the Pan Am Games that are coming up right now. Okay. Um, Anything like that, he's like you know, when they go, you know John was a kid who grew up in the oh. backwoods and became I, I'm doing a very bad Jeff imitation <laughs> here, but anyway, that's that's Jeff or coming up next on the Olympics okay. coverage on C B C blah. Interesting. Yeah, anyway, so Jeff was a singer of the band at the time and uh,
1: Was he the writer as well? Oh yeah, he Songwriter? was he was very so this was like dude. original music you guys are playing, or were you? Yeah, got cover band? most
2: mostly original. Any covers we did were more like um, at that point would have been like Boot Sauce, uh, In Excess,
1: Okay, uh, The
2: Cult. Mm-hmm. We were talking about The Cult the earlier. Cult. The Cult.
1: How many chords in their Three songs? Chords. Three chords. I, I've, I've, Wait, I, now, uh, what does that mean to someone like me? I, I you know, I hear you say that. Um, you know, I hear. Um, Ah, oh, that guy on CBC. <laughs> Matt Galloway? <laughs> Not Matt Galloway. <laughs> Guy's that's your vinyl, vinyl tap. Bachman.
2: Bachman. Yeah. Bachman.
1: Yes. And, and he talks about three chords, four chords. Yep. What, so what is a chord?
2: What is a chord? Yeah. A, a chord is a series of notes that come together. So a as series a, of
1: notes. Yeah. So three chords would be three series. So when you
2: see a guitarist and his yeah. hand is like this, I know yeah. I know this is podcast, so you can't yeah. see the way my hand is, but yeah. if you could, yeah. it's in a, you know... In one position. Covering different strings. And yeah. when you strum it, that's a chord. So it's multiple notes coming together oh, as a... Oh,
1: okay. So yes. ring, ring, ring would, exactly. would be
2: three chords. Well, it could be. Could be. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Well, yeah, actually,
2: I think you just did one, one chord, chord there three, three times. times. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So <laughs> I can't play guitar to save my life. Yeah. But I did learn how to play the chords for She, she Sells Sanctuary. Yeah. Okay, the cult. And it's so did the you play guitar on
1: that song with the, with the band?
2: I played the acoustic guitar for that at times. And uh, those are the same chords. So you can do Little Devil. You could do... Uh, anyway, I, I can't even think off the top of my head. But there are yeah. a bunch of other cult songs that you can do with those same three chords. You could sing all those songs over top of them.
1: Cool. So inter- was it? International... International Boundaries. Boundaries. I- INB. INB. Oh, interesting. Mm. So International Boundaries... Um, and where are you guys playing?
2: Uh, we were playing Lee's Palace a lot.
1: And you were the house band you were saying earlier. Uh,
2: we played a lot. Yeah, we were basically the band that would come in on Saturday nights and open for the big bands. Oh so wow! We would back up like a number of the big bands that would play at Lee's Palace. How long did this band last? That was probably five or six years, I would think. Oh wow! Somewhere on there. Yeah, it was. A, it was a yeah four or five years, probably something like that. Um, we 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 toured a bit. Uh, we did the East Coast. We were signed to Jake Gold, who is who signed the Hip originally. Okay, Jake Gold and Alan Gregg, who Alan Gregg sounds familiar. The uh, pollster. He made his money from okay. supporting Brian Mulroney back in the day. Ah. So um, yeah, we were we were managed by them. We went on the road. Um, we played with a number of their bands. We were, you know, um, practice mates with the Tragically Hip before the Tragically Hip were signed. Okay. Which was kind of cool. Now, a when you say practice space, what's that all about? Well, we shared the same practice space. Okay. Down in Jake and Alan's office. Okay. They had okay. a really cool place that we all practiced in. So.
1: Interesting. Well, now, you guys are more like new wave stuff, and they're more sort of rock and roll. I don't
3: know
1: how yeah. would you describe your music. Rock yeah. and roll, I guess. Yeah, rock yeah. and roll, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, what... So when you went on this East Coast tour, mm-hmm. um, was that you guys were headlining it? You guys were just doing various clubs? Yeah, we or were doing... It were was, you it backing was, other bands? It,
2: we were basically, you know, cutting our teeth by playing bars and small... Well, yeah, bars and small clubs, if you sure. will, um, throughout the East Coast. Uh the hip were about to release their first album. Okay. So they sent us on the road to go cut our teeth while they were concentrating on the release of the hip album. Amazing. With the goal being when we came back. Then yeah. We would. It'd be
3: your turn to cut an yeah, album. I mean, we'll see. But yeah.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, wow. So like, how do you, how does, what's, what's your mind space at when you're doing that? It's like, oh my God, we're on tour. We're actually doing this stuff. Like we're living the life. I don't know. Like what, what's going through your head?
2: Uh, you would think it would be that way. Yeah. Um, it's really cool, and and I wouldn't give it up for anything. But I wouldn't do it again. And how old are you? Uh, not 20, now. Twenty. Twenty years old. I'm twenty now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you kidding me? So look at me, man. No. <laughs> now, you yes. S- you say you would?
1: Why wouldn't you do it again? Like you wouldn't do it again now? But looking back, would you say I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have done that.
2: No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm I'm glad I did it. Yeah. And I learned a lot from it. Sure. But I wouldn't want to do it again.
1: Okay. What part wouldn't you want to do?
2: Um I was the playing b- for no money. I, yeah, you know, I was the, I was the business guy. We didn't we, I mean back then we were actually getting paid sure. to play. Um not a lot, but at least we were getting paid. Yeah. Uh yeah, I was the business guy, so I took care of a lot of the like contracts. I dealt with Jake back in Toronto. Yeah. Um I took care of all the rentals, the sure. production companies, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Uh, Which is always my thing. I wasn't the songwriter. I wasn't like from a talent perspective. That was not my forte. I I played keys. That's what I did. I had fun, tried to make it entertaining. But, you know, when it came to musical talent, that was the the extent of my abilities. Uh, So what I came forward with is certainly, you know, the business side of things. Yeah. Which I think, you know, certainly lends itself to where I am today in in business. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested experience. in today. I'm interested in music. I know, no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But anyway, so uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was just more. I guess you know. Again, it was an amazing experience, but it was it was hell. Pardon the expression. Yeah, it, it was like, you know, you're. I remember one time we were in Montreal and we slept in. It was March, so it was probably you know it was certainly in the negative degrees. Sure, yeah. And we all slept in the tour truck, bundled up in our blankets and our sleeping bags, Mm -hmm. all, you know, cuddled up together. Yeah. To keep ourselves from freezing in the night. Wow. So it was like experience, which again, that's an amazing experience when you're 20, 21. That's an amazing experience to have. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I wouldn't trade in for anything, but I would never do it again.
3: yeah. I think you would, and I th-
2: but but I think everybody should do it. Not everybody should do that because I mean you have, you have to be a musician to be able to experience yeah, that. Yeah, Although yeah. that said, when I say that, like no, it doesn't have to be a musician. It's like you know, I mean the travel space now. It's like people go out and just travel the world and backpack and yeah, have you know the backpack on their back with their sleeping bag and their tent and they're freezing and it's it's amazing experience to have.
1: yeah yeah absolutely. Um, so let's go back to Lee's Palace. You're playing there for five six years um or the band is and the bands around for that with IMB? C- yeah. yeah um who who which which sort of bands did you guys open for like memorable ones if there were any
2: uh, um, probably none that you would know of mm-hmm. but if you ask somebody from the 80s and not saying that you're younger than me but you are i am younger than you me. are you're younger. <laughs> um breeding ground Visa V, Dick Duck and the Dorks. Um, I know you're looking at me. <laughs> <into that. laughs> who are these bands? Anyway, just, yeah, they were they were like you know bands that could book a Saturday night at Lee's Palace in Toronto and yeah. and, and crush it.
1: And for those who don't know Lee's Palace, I mean that's a legendary place mm-hmm.
2: up on Bloor. Yeah. It was like the history of Lee's Palace is amazing yeah. in terms of just the number of bands that have gone through there. Yeah, yeah, very. popular. I've seen. Place. Well I, I I didn't see the peppers but the peppers played there. Um I've seen the English Beat there. Uh, yes. Um tons of bands, love it.
1: Awesome. So what happened you guys you guys went on tour in the East Coast and yep. Tragically Hip yep. um is playing is is recording their album.
2: It actually it wasn't even recorded. They were now touring at that point. Okay. So they had already recorded by the time we then headed out. So it was more so su- from Jake's perspective, I believe it was supporting their album release. Yeah. Sorry. So that it was supporting their album release okay. and then while well, we were on tour. Alright. And then we were we were out east. Yeah. And we were playing at where? Somewhere in northern New Brunswick. And I remember the Owner of the bar coming up to me, and it was like the the Quebec Northern area of New Brunswick. Okay, and the owner was coming up to me, and he's like, "Uh, you 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 know play the?" And I'm probably not but butchering the the French accent here. Just gonna give you forewarn of that. But he's <laughs> like, "You know play the Bon Jovi? You know play the Europe?" We're like, "I'm like, N- no, we don't play the Bon Jovi, and we don't play the Europe. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. We we do." You know the Clash, and we do the Cult, yeah. and we do Teenage Head. Yeah, and he's like, oh, he just shook his head. And then I got a call from Toronto, going, okay, guys, um, play Bon Jovi. No, you're 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 you're, you're cut. You're cancelled for the weekend in this bar in the middle of nowhere in northern New Brunswick. Oh my God! So we decided that was it. We we're coming home. Okay. And so we we drove home, and Jamie, our drummer. He was. Uh, he sang. It's the end of the world as I know it. Yeah. And I feel fine. But he sang it, and it was amazing. It was. He sang it completely. The entire experience that we had on the East Coast for three months while we were touring, and he sang the song as ourselves. Yeah. And we were all like, "Yeah, it's the end of the world as we know it," and we feel fine. And we came back, and the band basically, I don't know, exploded, imploded, but just like boom, dispersed, and that was it. So Jeff, Jeff. from CBC, yeah, and myself. Um, we went on to a couple of side things. We kept teaming up with guys that played metal, which is interesting. So we were the funk side of yeah. the metal because we loved that. And it was around the time that Boot Sauce, Extreme, I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember the band Extreme, yep. right? Um, get the Funk Out. Yeah. Uh, it was around that. time. I was time. thinking a totally different song. No, you were thinking of the ballad, right? Yes.
1: <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. How is that a metal? Yeah, no, no, You're, thinking of,
2: you're but, thinking of the big Yeah, hit, yeah. right? <laughs> but that I mean I mean it was around that time where funk and metal were starting to come together. The Peppers, Boot Sauce, yeah, right. And then Living Color. Living Color. Oh, I love oh those dude. Guys. So, Randy Matheson. Yes. Posted today on Facebook, he yeah. said, "What is the drummer that you're most excited about?" Because he I posts saw his, that. Yeah, he yeah, posts yeah. his Friday questions, music yeah. question, and I'm like, "Will Calhoun, no question."
1: From Living Color,
2: absolutely. Really,
1: I, I see. I don't, I don't remember the drums in that band.
2: Oh, if 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 anybody who had a chance to see Living Color play knows we, that Will Calhoun absolutely killed it on drums, absolutely.
1: I really liked uh, the guy from Our Lady Peace, whose name I should know because he's a podcaster. Jeremy, yes, I loved his drumming. Yep. in the band, obviously Neil Peart. Um, and now, is it Peart or Pert?
2: Oh, I always say Pert. Pert. I don't That's know. When, what you, I when say. you said Peart, I thought.
1: Well, uh, David Letterman said Peart when he introduced him when he had this drummer thing. But anyways,
2: you're down. You're down in like like the the King East area. I should know it these should things. Be Pert. It should be Pert. Peart <laughs> would be like up sort of the side, maybe. <laughs>
1: I'm from Scarborough, so we say what the heck we want. I live just <laughs> south of Leeds. So, you know. yeah. um, and um, who's a drummer from the Police? Copeland. Copeland. Those are the three drummers I really, really remember. Yep. Um,
2: but yeah, so go ahead. So you're 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 in metal bands. Oh yeah, no, no, we weren't in metal bands. We were starting to, to experiment between the fusion of okay funk and metal. Mm-hmm. Right. And. Uh, so we ended up teaming up with two buds from, like we were in Durham, two buds from Durham who were in like a heavy, heavy, heavy metal band. Yeah. And it just seemed to click. Like we just, I don't know, it was like the, the drums and guitar yeah. from the metal and bass and keyboards from the funk. And then that became The Life. And that band... Sorry, the band was, was called The Life? The Life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And... um it was it was amazing. We we actually reached out to Craig from Lee's Palace okay. and said, Okay, we got this new band. Yeah. Not that not that the other two guys knew Craig, but Jeff and I had obviously five sure six years experience with dealing with Craig. He's like, All right, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a Saturday, you're gonna open. Yeah. And what we did was we were in, again out in Durham, Soshwoodby area, and we sold tickets on a booze bus, if you will, a beer bus. Okay. Um. For At Durham College. Yeah. So we packed the bus and we brought them in and just absolutely, like, killed it in terms of the number of people. That's amazing. People drinking, people yeah. dancing, which, again, drinking is a big part. Not that, yeah. not that drinking is the most important part, no, but no, no. certainly from a bar perspective. Absolutely. How much you're selling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just amazing. It was, like, it just... I was like, "All right." So from that point forward, we then became that band that could kill it on a Saturday, and headline. Wow! Yeah, it was, it was, and that was the life. Yeah, it was amazing. Interesting,
1: interesting. So hold on, no, no, no. We, we we skipped ahead. Did we? Did you? Did you guys ever? So actually, maybe not. I just want to clarify: you guys never did record an album. International boundaries did the tour, got canceled. No, and it came was back, never. I mean, interface. we did independent
2: tapes. But, okay, but no. I mean, any any independent recordings we did were more the life. That's when. The, okay, so the, the sort life sort culminated. Okay,
1: cool. Okay, cool. So you guys start playing the Lee's Palace, headlining
2: there. Um, if I can jump back one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about international boundaries, INB, and yeah. you brought up Our Lady Peace. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, yeah, the guitarist for our band in yeah. INB,
3: yeah,
2: went on to start Our Lady Peace. Get out Mike of here. Mike Turner. So, yes. It was kind of ironic.
1: Is it ironic? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the way it all went down, yeah? it was very ironic. Wow. Yeah, good, yeah, on, good go- on Mike. Can we talk about how it went down? Uh, no. Okay, because so many people listen to this show. It's awkward.
0: <laughs> it's awkward. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, no, essentially, I mean, I, I mean, we broke up. Yeah. We went our separate ways. Yeah. Um, we thought we knew what we were doing, and then yeah. Mike went on to start Our Lady piece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good for him.
1: <laughs> Who knows what they're doing exactly. now? Exactly. Awesome, okay, so um, international boundaries, uh, then you go to the life um, you, you have some business savvy it seems in terms of let's sell tickets and beer tickets and let's pack a bus yep um, and get this bus down like who was the driver of the bus you hired a no driver. we hired
2: like we would hire a school bus Holy crap you guys are awesome. We and, would actually hire a school bus yeah. and, then so, and then we got to the point where we actually had to bring on a second bus and then a third bus you guys are bringing so, buses and so from here we're bringing <laughs> buses of Durham College yeah. guys and girls yeah. into party into Toronto. So it's their dream, yeah. right? Uh, not their Let's dream. To but like they're they're like wicked. We're going into Toronto to party. Yeah, we don't have to worry about we don't driving have to drive or anything, right? Yeah. And then the bar owners thinking, "Holy shit! These guys are bringing in like three bus loads of college students That's who are just there awesome. to drink and dance."
1: Yeah. So you guys like you found a. Away, you f- you found the magic in terms of b- playing. We found
2: our niche yeah. out there, for sure, and then found what they wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's it's marketing, really. Yeah. you get down to it, right? We found our niche. We found our market. Yeah. And we found what they wanted. We just delivered upon that.
1: Very, very nice. Now, were you playing in Durham to sort of build that fan base? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: we would regularly play, but we'd play once a month at Lee's on a Saturday night. All right. And then ship everybody in.
1: Interesting. Um you guys open for anyone interesting there?
2: We opened up for one of the Winter Brothers. I can't remember which one.
1: Winter Brothers, I
2: Edgar and Johnny Winter.
1: Why does that I name ring a bell? The I
3: Winter don't know. Brothers. I
2: don't know. The Winter Brothers. Uh we who would we have opened up for then? We did open up for a few bands. We opened up for
1: Actually, never mind that. What's what's really interesting yeah. or, or things that I find interesting are, you know, sort of the stories that come out of that, you know, in, in terms of, so you're telling me about this guy in Montreal that says, do you play Bon Jovi? And you go, no. It says, and then all of a sudden your tour gets canceled. Um, you know, I'm curious some of the stories, you know, bras getting thrown at you, panties getting thrown at you, um, you know, groupies, you know, what I, I'm, I'm very curious in terms of sort of that, that, those types of stories, like what, and you don't have to tell me about the <laughs> roadies or panties and all that stuff, but you know, I'm really curious about some of the some of the experiences of you know in your early 20s, um, playing Lee's Palace, having six, I don't know how many in a bus, 20, 30 people in a bus, yeah, bringing hundreds of people in just from Durham, you know, and, and I'm sure the lineups that they cause and people saying well, who the heck is playing in there. What, what sort of things do you remember about that time?
2: Um, I remember. I mean, I mean, the thing I've always loved about loved about being a musician, and now yeah. love about like when I speak. Yeah, is the ego boost. I mean, that's that to me was what it was all about. It wasn't about. I mean, it was about the musicianship. Yeah, but again, I wasn't the writer. I wasn't the really talented guy. Yeah, so it was about being on stage. Being
3: on stage. Yeah.
2: Um. I remember, I remember this would have been, again, INB, International Boundaries, and I had told my parents I wasn't going to university, and my parents are both teachers, my grandparents were teachers, my aunts and uncles were teachers, so I'm sort of setting the picture here, right? And uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go to university, and and I was accepted to go for music, to be a music teacher in university. And so my dad came out to one of the gigs and he sat with one of our friends. Yeah. Who just, it wasn't in the band, but like one of our very close friends. And it was about, Martin said it was about two songs in and my dad just started smiling and he ordered he and Martin a drink. Mm -hmm. And that's when Martin realized my dad saw what it was that I wanted to do.
3: Wow. So it that was really awesome. amazing. It was like, yeah.
2: you know, that's when my dad crossed that line of understanding what I wanted to do it wasn't just some stupid thing. Yeah. And why I was ready to um, you know, not go to university but certainly.
1: That is awesome. Yeah. Now you alluded to doing some recordings with The Life. Yes. How many how many like was it you built an album or was it a
2: No, it was more um we did A like lot demo of, tape? Yeah, we did uh, We did a couple of cassettes that we sold, like independent cassettes mm-hmm. that we sold. Um, we recorded up at Shelley Studios, which is where Rush did their pre-production before they go into Morin Heights. Okay. Uh, amazing, amazing studio. Love that studio. Where is that? Uh, Uxbridge, just south of Uxbridge. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful studio. Yeah. Looked, looked over the city. Um, we recorded down at Cherry Beach Studios here in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, we, are you we, guys
1: signed by – you're not signed by anyone. No, no, it was all independent. Okay. Um, we were on so – we had you're factor money, bill.
2: so factor – well, we also had government grant factor okay. funds. So yeah. that certainly helped. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it – I mean, half of it would have been footing the bill ourselves for sure. Sure.
1: Awesome. What was the name of some of your uh, independent tapes that you put out? The Life. The Life by The Life. Actually, no, it was <laughs> called – no, actually, it was This Is. This Is The Life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> very right. nice very nice um <laughs> what what was sort of the, the journey of that band so yeah. what what you guys are playing Lee's palace
2: um touring uh not really touring with that band that was more just playing like showcase gigs around toronto and um you know it actually was sort of the end the beginning of the end for me personally okay whereby i wanted to play like I wanted to play every week if we could, sure. And our guitarist at the time, Dave, was the same way. Mm-hmm. And the other guys were like, "No, no, no. We got to do one showcase gig a month yeah. in Toronto, and we would rather play under a pseudonym." name. Ah, right? look at you guys. Well, but, but, but we would rather do that to cut our teeth in okay. Toronto. And uh, it just got to, at the end. It just at the end of the life. It, it just got to be a business. Like it wasn't.
3: It but was that fun was your, to be on stage, thing, but though. it wasn't
2: enjoyable. I know, but but no, when I say a business, like. You know, again, the ego was the biggest part for me. Yeah. Business was cool to take care of, but the ego was the biggest part. Getting on so, stage. So once a month, it was like... Not mm, enough. No. In he's, fact, it's funny because Ron Tite, so I was a guest of his on Monkey Toast, and yeah. And one of the things that I love that he said, he's like, oh, yeah, it always starts out the way Is like, what do you call ourselves? Plastic Dolls. That's a really a cool name. And at the end of it, you're all pissed off with the life. What do we call ourselves? Oh, fuck it. We're going to call ourselves The Life. <laughs> that. anyway, that's Ron's. But, yeah, no, it was just like... That's that's where it really came to at the end, where it was just like I was like We're down at Cherry Beach recording. Yeah. I was playing my keyboard lines and I had just you know, guys like what's up? I said, I don't know, I need a break. And I walked back into the, the lounge area mm-hmm. and I just looked around the room and went, I'm out, done. And it was like that, it was like cold turkey. I've got up on stage a couple of times since and that's it. I mean that was 20, That was it, that was it for music. That was it. That was it.
1: What was it about? Like what? <laughs> I don't mean to lay down like that, man. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Like what? What was it that that you said you're out? It Was it fun it. anymore? Yeah,
2: it wasn't fun. So what to me, it's got to be fun, I mean, no matter what in life. It's got to be fun. Yeah. And it's and like it, just it, wasn't, it wasn't fun. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I supported the guy. I, I loved the guys. I supported them. I went yeah. and saw them all the time. I jumped up on stage maybe once to yeah. do background vocals for whatever song, but yeah. other than that.
1: Interesting. It wasn't. You, it wasn't you. Wow! Cold turkey on that. Mm. I mean, I went cold turkey, and not drink coffee anymore. You you go cold turkey on it on a, like a lifestyle. Yep, that's very very interesting.
2: And 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 true musicians. Yeah. Question me at all the t- question me on it all the time. True musicians. I, yeah, like so you don't hardcore. Consider yourself- well, like hardcore songwriters, hardcore guys, guys that are really really passionate about the songwriting. Yeah. I can't understand it, and I understand why they can't understand it. Yeah, but, you but were, I, you,
1: you've admitted you were never in that.
2: You were never a songwriter. This feels very cathartic to me. I feel like That's I'm good. in therapy. Yeah,
1: yeah no, that was good. Wow. <laughs> um, you weren't a songwriter. I wasn't in Warrant. Yeah, you weren't. Why not? They were a big band. They were. <laughs> <laughs> they recorded an album. They had a deal. Um, you talked about ego. And that's very interesting because I re- um I remember reading a quote from bono um he's in this band u 2 and who are they bon they're some Irish band okay um celtic yeah celtic rock okay maybe. Cool. <laughs> um but he goes and it was very interesting that he that he sort of had to admit to having an ego sing you know, to be all very something to the effect of you know to be very honest with you. Um, you have to have an ego to to sort of do this, mm-hmm. you know, as, as as a career. And I don't know when I first read that, I go, "It's sort of, he's sort of admitting to a failure, maybe, or like I wasn't sure." But then you sort of say it as nonchalant, yeah, you know, I had an ego. Um, talk to me about that. What does that mean when when you say that? What is is it you wanted to, you know, be admired, or was it the thrill of being on stage? I'm curious about what that is to you.
2: Yeah, I think I think it can I mean, I mean certainly it was being on the high of being on stage is like nothing I can describe. Sure. Um but again, I get that now when I speak. Yeah. So, it's the same sort of thing. Like 10 minutes before or 5 minutes or 2 minutes before I go on stage, yeah. I'm like completely pent up in nerves. Mm-hmm. And then I walk on stage and go y- blah. Yeah. Um so so, I mean, you have to you have to channel that ego. Yeah, I believe as a musician. Um, I mean, it can it can hurt you. It can certainly hurt you depending on the bands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in bands where the egos got in the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think even even musicians that I know that are insecure funnel that ego high yeah which then it's a good thing sure I don't know if I answered your question it's kind of weird huh? it's like for you ego is an interesting
1: thing so when you left the life what sort of fed that ego for you
2: uh, sales I was always in sales I mean even through I mean I was the guy that Primarily funded a lot of it. There was one other of our bandmates who did as well. Yeah, um, we primarily funded the business. Yeah, as sales guys. So I mean, I was I was. I you was, guys negotiated
1: I was, the contract with the bar. No, but even
2: no, but not even that. Like just just our sales careers. Like I was with Rogers back in the day. Okay. Selling for the wireless division for I oh. can't tell. Oh, okay. Okay. So why making, can't you tell? Oh, you that was good. You like that one? Okay.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, certainly, I mean, that gave me personally a good income. Okay. um, At which point that helped fund the band. Ah, I see. So I think sales was a big part of it. And even, you know, as my career possessed, progressed, progressed, progressed after um, leaving music, you know, being in sales, you know, having to get up and do that sales pitch or, you know, you're in front of a group of people and you've got to close them. Yeah, that's to me the same thing as being on stage, or interesting as, as being on stage as a speaker. It's it's that you know, ready three two one go go. Did
1: you go? Did you ever go back to school?
2: I did not. Okay, no. Nope. All self developed.
1: All right. So when your kids tell you that they don't want to go to university, that's cool. Do you have a talk with them? That's cool. All right,
2: we're good with that. You're we an easy dad. Uh, if you ask my daughter she would probably disagrees. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean I mean the way and then we've always you marry always... a teacher. I know. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. I have a pension for the rest of my life thanks to her. Uh. Uh, um Yeah, no. I no. I mean with with our kids, we've always been very clear with them that you know, we want them to do what they want to do. We want them to be successful sure. and and we know they can all be successful. Yeah. But success doesn't have to come from going to university. Sure. Um or going to college. Or, in my case, I mean, I didn't do any of them. So, how yeah. can I say to my kids, you have to go to university when I true, didn't? True, true, true. And I'd like to think I'm successful.
1: Yeah, you're okay. You're doing well. Thanks, Ben. You're living in this city. You have a house. Thanks. Four dogs? Two dogs? Two dogs. Two dogs. With their own Instagram account.
2: Two dogs in an SUV. And, uh, oh. We'll talk
1: about an SUV later. Oh. We'll talk about the SUV later. Um, so, I'm looking what forward to that, by the way. What? The SUV? The discussion. Oh, talking us. about the SUV. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um what wh- what happened with the bandmates from from the life where did they end
2: up Uh from the life well Jeff became the voice of the v- okay. CBC as yeah. we talked about Um Anthony owns a well his family was always in a framing business okay. when i say framing as in like yeah. picture framing picture not, framing. Not framing yeah framing yeah. people um and he's about to open there's a Le Nordique spa out of Quebec. Okay. Out of Trombleau, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's going to open one in Whitby. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just sort of went different directions. One, again, mixing in the INB, International Boundaries. Yeah. One's an OPP officer. All right. Uh, Mike went on to Superstardom with Arlie Peace. Yes. Just what is he up to point. now? He actually owns the Pocket Studios out our way. So, Paper okay. Danforth area. Jones right. and Danforth. Okay. Um, he owns that studio and doing quite well with it. Interesting, interesting.
1: Yeah. And you've met a bunch of musicians along the way. Yep. Sort of. Like who 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 were some of the more memorable
2: people that you've met? Well, my 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 favorite story in terms of meeting people is yeah. I was at the Rock Express Awards, Music Express, Rock Express, an old magazine back yeah. in the day. And you guys were nominated? Uh n- no, not this year. No, we weren't then. But I was back, backstage, yeah, at the after party or whatever it was. And I'm, you know, standing there, some guy bumps into me, backs into me. Yeah. And I turn around and he turns towards me and he goes, Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry for bumping into you. Uh, pleased to meet you. My name's Robert Palmer. Wow. I'm like, yeah, uh, I know who you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I do kind of know who you are. So that, I mean, that's certainly my favorite. I mean, met, you know, Jean-Marc from The Box. I don't know if you know the band The Box. Yeah, yeah, Montreal-based. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love them, love them, love them. It's funny, actually, we were about to head on tour with INB at the time. Yeah. And um, he said to Jeff, he said, uh, do you know any French? And Jeff's like, yeah, um, les Grason de fromage. <laughs> <laughs> and Jean-Marc looks at everybody in the room and he goes, I like this guy. He's not going to get any gas <laughs> in the back, but I like this guy. So, yeah, I don't know. Um Robert plant. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, just just parties.
1: Oh, yeah, just parties. No, no, no but <laughs> uh, no,
2: sounds flippant. Sorry, but yeah, just just like parties at shows and stuff. Yeah,
1: and you've never sort of ha- got the itch to say, you know what? I just like to play on the weekends with a, a charity band or something to play charities or um, that sort of stuff. That's never sort of you've never ha- you never had that itch since you left. Nope. Not even in the early nope. months.
2: Nope. I, live, I'm, I have lived vicariously through my son. Your son was in a band. He was.
1: Yeah, I just I remember yes. you telling me not... he plays
2: a bit, but okay. now, but yeah, no, he was. Uh,
1: now is that sort of a little bit of your influence, or no, no not that just... he quit, but that he joined. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quit music and don't go to school. Yeah, That's and, Greg's yeah Exactly. Greg's message. That's the title of this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, he just he. I mean, he's a. Very talented kid. Everything yeah. he picks up, like he he grew up playing piano, mm-hmm. um, picked up picked up the guitar, played it. Picked up the bass, played it. Yeah. decided he wanted to try drums. Yeah, and after a year, he was playing Rage Against the Machine. Wow. Um, like killing it. Yeah, on drums. Wow. So, no, just very very talented. Okay. So, yeah, I've been living vicariously through him. Nice. Since. So, is he doing sales now? He's not. He's, he's not.
1: I'm just asking.
2: No, he's not, actually. <laughs> I'm trying to think of his current <laughs> gig. What, think, what is doing? he
1: doing yeah, right yeah. now? Um so you're selling cell phones? Now? Not now. Oh. In, we're, yes. we're, in the story. The story oh, arc. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um how long were you how long were you doing that for? Now, are are you an adult yeah. now? Or are you like married, kids? Like what where sort of are you still living out of dad's house?
2: No, I yeah, that was that was it was I don't know how old I would have been at the time. Yeah, I did that for probably six years.
3: Okay, probably, yeah, cool. Somewhere around
2: there. Between and Bell and Cantel. And then,
1: and then you sort of end up at Fresh Books? Is that sort of your first...
2: No, there are a number of... There are a number of
1: gigs in between. Yeah, yeah. But um, I in guess from, from recent career? memory... Yeah, yeah. yeah, in terms of, t- in terms yeah. of getting into... Digital online space? Yeah, I mean, I was always
2: in the technology data space. Okay. Forever and ever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, telco to start and then over yeah, into yeah. technology and data. And then, um, yeah, and then I read, I was at a startup, got into audiobooks and listened to Don Tapscott's Wikonomics. Yeah. And I was like, it was my uh, Oprah aha moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to do this. Okay. I don't know how you I do it. You sort of
1: saw, the, here's an opportunity... Let me uh, jump on it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I found it was, I thought it was amazing that you could get a crowd to do X. Yeah. Whatever X is. Sure. How can you get a bunch of people to do something for you or your yeah. brand or whatever it happens to be? Yeah. So I just decided, you know, I didn't want to sell it. I wanted to do it. Yeah. And that's when opportunity came up at FreshBooks, who okay. built their business on social media. Yeah. Originally. Yeah. Yeah and to work under Saul Colt or work with Saul Colt. Yeah. and learn from him. Okay. And that's where, you know, that was the start into the social media side of things. Interesting. Um and you have spent a lot of
1: time now in in the travel space. Online digital stuff? Yep. But in the travel space. Yep. Social um, marketing. What's what sort of Now this is very interesting because you know, ever since You know, the Internet started to balloon and social media sort of started to, um, you know, become very, very popular. You know, a lot of people are are pointing at various industries. Oh, this industry is dead. That industry is dead. And one of the industries that people invariably pointed to was travel. Mm -hmm. You know, travel agents are screwed. People are going to go online and they're going to compare prices and they're going to buy their tickets um, online. Um, You work with a brand that... Um, it's brick and, and mortar yes yeah, bricks and mortar um so you, you do all of your marketing online not all of your yeah you know you still do a lot of traditional yep. stuff yep. Uh, but but a huge part is online but people can't buy online they're buying oh, yeah, f- no no
2: no no we, we I mean we recognize that people want to buy online and yeah. offline so you can book online with us okay or you can book offline if you will so yeah. um, but you're driving people. I mean, the goal is to drive people... The goal is to prove the value of why you need to deal with somebody face-to-face. Interesting. So we are driving people to talk to somebody.
3: Yeah. You know, you can book online. Whether it's through a phone or...
2: Phone, email. Yeah. So the goal would be to get to a true blended or omni-channel um, okay. Approach. Yeah. Which is where, you know, we don't care, you know, dream, plan, book, experience, share... You yeah. know, whatever part of that process or that sales process, if you will, that you're in, um, you know, we don't care if that's in person, online, via email, via phone, via social, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. We want you to book with us. Yeah. And then when you need support, same thing. Interesting. But again, that's a, that's a long-term goal. But yeah. that's certainly, you know, where we want to get to, which is it doesn't matter. You know, if you bought from us online. Yeah. Then you can deal with somebody on the phone. And when yeah. you need support, you can go to somebody on social, whatever it happens to be.
1: Very interesting. Now, uh, how do you? What sort? Here is what I am interested in, and and the question will come after. Um, Is is going from sales, which which you did while you were uh, a musician, and then going into sales in in technology, um, and then with startups to really becoming an expert in SEO, SEM, social, digital. how does one, you know, how did you learn all that and, and sort of become the go-to guy, you know, with, within your space?
2: I mean, it, for me, it's self-taught. Yeah. It really is. It's about, it, it was always, again, uh, you know, consuming um, wickonomics, but mm-hmm. then realizing that's what I wanted to do. So reading, you know, group think, group genius type books, you know, linked not LinkedIn, but linked like the book yeah. group, Thought and stuff. And it was about, you know, certainly learning as much about it as possible and just diving in. I mean, I've always been somebody who's rolled up my sleeves and done what I had to do. Yeah. So and, and, and being in sales and marketing in the past made sense because then I had the foundation for that to understand the outcomes. Mm-hmm. I just needed to hone the tactics.
1: Interesting. And you've done some really interesting work. Um, Thanks. what, what's, what sort of some very interesting campaigns or, or interesting things that have happened on, on, on the business
2: side, um, that you're really proud of? I mean, certainly the, 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 the biggest one for me, which is how you and I met, yeah. I think originally it was best travel job ever yeah. here. Um, you know, it was a user generated content. I think it was even before we even had user generated content or UGC as a actual term. Sure, um, it was upload your photo, get your friends, spam your friends, get them to vote for you, yeah. get them to comment on your your photo or videos. Um, you know that was that was very organic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we put some effort behind it. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was very much organic. Yeah. Um, we we you know we didn't have a huge amount of entries. We had I think like 175 entries, but okay. we had like 7,500 people voting. So those entrants went and got a whole bunch of people to come in and vote for them. Yeah. Um, the interaction behind it and the community behind it was mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, to this day, yeah, there are people like, that I keep in touch with, like Nat and Marie, for example. Mm-hmm. You know that were I met through that campaign. Yeah. And to this day, you know, we still keep in touch. They still have the brand affinity with Flight Center. Sure. I have people who will jump out into the community and say, hey, I understand you're a little, you know, frustrated with Flight Center. Yeah. You know, why don't you talk to Greg or Tagio? Yeah. Because they can help you out with, you know, whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the side effects that we didn't expect out of it. I mean, we had five hires mm-hmm. from the campaign. Yeah. We didn't even try. Yeah. I mean, it's best travel job ever. It would be easy to go, and if you want... The travel job, yeah. And we didn't do it. You know, no, we still ended up with five hires out of it. Yeah, I'm waving my hands around. So <laughs> You're knocking the thing equipment, Mike. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know that that kind of thing. That, that that to me was gold. Now the challenge with that was there was no legacy. Hmm. Like, I mean, we, we it was an amazing experience. There was the legacy of the the goodwill. Yeah. And there was the legacy of the customer service that continues to this day. Sure. But there was no content legacy. And that to me was where we're going with travel tipsters. Okay. You know, ah. That's about you know getting people to um, provide their tips mm-hmm. of travel around the world. Yeah. And, you know, that's the legacy. It's something that sure. people can go again that dream you can plan still go book. in and consume that. Yeah, exactly. During whatever phase of the travel experience you are. Yeah. It could be in the dream phase. We'll go and watch a bunch of tips and dream about it.
1: You you hear, you know, I, I'm working in the space as well, and you always hear, you know, whether it's from your boss or whether it's from the client, um, you know, what are our KPIs? You know, did you sort of have these, you know, here's our goals that we want to achieve, or was it um, let's experiment with this thing?
2: Um the new platform
1: the or the old so so you know with, with best travel job ever um you know you, you you talked about not having um you know not having a lot of interest but having
2: a lot of uh, awareness yeah the KPIs then were really about email acquisition it was yeah. about content and email acquisition yeah um the the idea of legacy mhm we hadn't even thought of that okay we should have yeah bad on me but we didn't, we didn't <laughs> think about it at the time
1: and, and and currently, what's happening now? In terms of you, you talked about uh, the campaign that you're you're doing now. Uh, travel tips.
2: Yeah, so that's I mean that's certainly one thing from yeah. a user ge- user generated content yeah. perspective. Um, you know, my my dev team are doing some amazing things with uh, hashtag aggregation. Okay. So campaigns that are hashtag based curation of those hashtag. Mm-hmm. Media, if you will. So that media could be text, it could be photo, it could be video. Yeah. And then publishing that. So it could be around a campaign. So as we're, you know, uh, what would be a good example? In Australia, we did uh, Early Bird Europe, where people hashtagged Early Bird Europe, Mm -hmm. and then the European city. Okay. We brought that content in, moderated it, approved it, and then published it to our campaign pages on our websites. Okay. Um, So leveraging, again, crowdsourcing for content. yeah. For actual live campaign pages, um, yeah, yeah, lots of really cool stuff the guys are working on.
1: And you've had a, the opportunity to, um, and and this is when I really don't like you, to travel the world um, and I, to I share. Don't, r- I don't like you much either. And to share photos I'm, of. I'm, I'm pulling a Star Wars. Cool, on p- cool places that you've been to. Yes. Yeah. Waking up in uh, wherever. And,
2: um. <laughs> Where, where's some of the... Is, the that, is that like Queensryche or something going on in the background here? I don't here? know. It's some good tunes, I though. I don't know. I just feel like throwing yeah. my fist up
1: in the <laughs> air. Uh, what are some interesting places that you've been to? Um, Toronto. Toronto?
2: Yeah. We'll talk about Toronto after. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, interesting places I've been to. I love Cape Town.
1: It's Cape like a postcard,
2: Town. isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. I've been to Johannesburg many, many times. Yeah. And uh, I'll, when you post this, I'll tag Mercia in this. Cause okay, she'll... sure. I never really dug Johannesburg
3: because mm-hmm.
2: I would always go from the hotel. Yeah. To the office. Yeah. To the hotel. Sure. To the restaurant. Yeah. To the hotel, like it was just, and they're all compounds and guarded and everything. True. Else. Yeah. Um, when I experienced jo- uh, sorry, Cape Town for the first time yeah. I was like wow this is incredible Like it yeah. was just it was unbelievable uh, you're right it's a postcard it's just beautiful and, in and so many
1: different ways and it's very different than Joburg isn't it oh
2: it's like night yeah, and day yeah you think you're in a different country yeah night and day that yeah. said and the reason yeah. I said talked about Mercia is that um, she took me out on the town in Johannesburg Yeah. when I say on the town I'm still talking the suburb like yeah. in the hardcore area uh, but she wants to take me out into like the suburbs, the yeah. actual, like far out suburbs. Um, yeah, it was a really fun time. Like yeah. the last time I was in Joburg, I actually had the first sort of local experience that I had never experienced before. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, Cape Town was just like, man, we drove, we we drove up the coast, we saw the penguins, we, uh, yeah. you know, that was just amazing. Yeah. It is. Um, so yeah, Cape Town... Um, Sydney is spectacular. Love Sydney. Yeah. Um, Singapore is amazing. Now I'm probably a little biased. Okay. Um, because I've gone there for a weekend for the Formula One race. uh uh-huh. I'm a huge F1 fan. That's right. Um, I went there for a global gathering and Fatboy Slim DJed for an entire <laughs> Saturday night at, uh, Sentosa Beach, so... That probably influenced yeah. what I feel. But no, I mean, Singapore is beautiful. I love Singapore. I highly recommend that. Is there one place you haven't been
1: that you would like to go visit?
2: Uh, probably Poland. Poland? Yeah. All right. My family's from... My, my mom's side of the family's from there. That's okay. probably... Yeah. Nice. That would be... I mean, again, I've had the pleasure of going to many, many places around the world. Poland's the place that eludes me. I went to Kiev... A few years ago, on a layover, I was yeah. there for about ten hours. Okay, got in a cab, went down, had breakfast in Red Square, yeah. Red Square, Kiev Square, sorry, Kiev Square, and um, and then back to the airport. Yeah, and it was spectacular. And that's wow. when I realized I need to get into Poland. I need to go to Warsaw and experience that. Cool.
1: If this was a bigger show and you had a sponsor, now would be the time when I go. Well, Greg, we're <laughs> gonna make
2: your dream. I thought you were sending me there. No,
1: I'll see. I'll send you a postcard. Not that from there but I'll find a postcard on, this sucks. an online postcard <laughs> and I'll and I'll send that to you um you when I asked you um, you know interesting places you've been you said Toronto um, and we I think we've talked about this before um your your
2: love of this of this city um, this is my favorite city in the world yeah it is it's like and I've been called out on that on my travels. I've had people say to me, you know, what's your favorite city in the world? I sound like a Homer, yeah, but Toronto. And I've had some one dude say, "Well, you've obviously not traveled much." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me there. You got. me. I haven't traveled much. No, but I had another guy. Yeah, he's like, "Okay, tell me why." And so I started explaining it. Yeah. And so tell is, us why. Well, so let me so let me say how this guy worded yeah. it back to me because yeah. I can't do it justice. Yeah. So I'm I'm. Talking about why I love Toronto, mm-hmm. and he said, "So basically, Toronto is a city of villages." Mm. I'm like, "Damn, I, c- I couldn't have put that better myself." Yeah, it's like a city of villages where we all live together in harmony. Yeah, appreciate each other's differences yeah. and love to go into each other's villages yeah. to experience those cultures. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly it. So, I mean, that to me is why I love Toronto. Interesting. New York's like that mm-hmm. in some ways? Yeah. Although I don't believe like Toronto. London's like that in some ways? Mm-hmm. I don't believe like Toronto. Toronto is and I, I think this goes back to you know 1970s multiculturalism. Yeah. Like when when doors were being opened for mm-hmm. people to come into Canada. I think that's what created this. Hm. And I love it. So what what neighborhoods
1: would you say or what what villages?
3: Villages, yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I'm in Greektown, so I love that area. Okay, I mean, that's a given. I love a little India just yeah. south of us. Some amazing food through there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it, when I when people come into the city, mm-hmm. as much as the villages are cool, yeah. I'd rather take them. Off the beaten path. Okay. I mean, Kensington's still a village, so. Sure. There, I think so. I would rather drop them into the valley. I remember when I first, when Kelly, my wife, and I started biking. Mm-hmm. She always biked. I was a suburb kid, so never biked. Drove. Yeah. And I remember going down into the Don Valley from her place. This is when I'm before I moved into her place in yeah. the, uh, the Pape and Danforth area. And we dropped down into the Don Valley. And we biked up to, it's Edward Gardens. Yeah, up at Lawrence. That yeah, area? near my hood. Exactly. Well, west. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that is near my hood. It is. It is. Sorry, um, but it was amazing biking through the valley. Yeah, and seeing like families barbecuing mm-hmm. and cricket matches going on. Yeah, and it's like. You just don't see it. if you drive up the, as a suburb kid, yeah. And I will speak as that, sure. Driving up and down the Don Valley, I had no idea that just what was going on down in the off of the highway. Yep,
3: totally.
1: There are parks, totally. And, yeah.
2: So as much as the villages are cool, when somebody yeah. comes into town, I love to send them into those kinds of places. Love to send them to the island. I mean, that's not a village. No, the island is one of our best kept secrets. Yeah. I uh, I sent a, an email off to Andrew Weir from Tourism Toronto. Yeah. Um and it was an instagram from the dragon boat festival a couple weekends back mm-hmm. and it was a i'm assuming it's a drone video okay sure and it's amazing it starts with the dragon boaters yeah. in the um, that inner harbor area mm-hmm. right where like wake fest and stuff like that goes on and then it comes up over the island yeah. and then has the city in the background and it's just amazing like it's just beautiful Wow. And it's like, that's the kind of thing, which is also why it pisses me off. Yeah. I'm on a bit of a rant here. Yeah, yeah. Which is also why it pisses me off when people complain that Toronto doesn't have a green waterfront. Yeah. That's 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 nuts. Like, go out to the end of Leslie Spit yeah. and look back at the city and tell me we don't have a green waterfront. We might not have a green waterfront right to the harbor. Yeah. But go past the harbor, go past the island, yeah. and our waterfront is beautiful. Yeah. Or green. It's it's beautiful to me as it is. Sure. But I mean it's green.
1: So do you think anything
2: should be done around the the harbor front Queen's
1: Key? Absolutely. I think yeah. they're doing a great job. I mean yeah. Queen's
2: Key just reopened yeah, yeah. that area. Yeah, yeah. Um you look at, you know, Sugar Beach and, and yeah. what they're doing along there and yeah. the, the, the the buildings and how they're taking into account green space in front of it. When yeah. I say green space, it's not parks. Yeah. Like, you could just plow it and put parks up. Uh, but I think they're doing a really good job of that, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, I And I think we could improve that. I'm yeah. not suggesting that it's the most green place. Sure. But when it when you put it in front of, like, again, New York's got some really nice green spaces in some areas around the island. Yeah. Um, Chicago, same sort of thing. Like, I just, I, 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 I would put it up against New York and Toronto yeah, uh, sorry, New York and Chicago, Chicago. any day hmm. in terms of the waterfronts, in terms of what we're doing. That I think
1: because you hear the opposite in terms of Chicago's is doing the, doing it the right way, or Barcelona is doing it the right way, or you know other other places or, or Paris did it the right way years ago, you know when when they sort of focused on making it more people friendly rather oh, than. Oh, I think yeah,
2: and I think uh, you know hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, Queen's Key is a good example yeah. of trying to make it more transit, bike, yeah. and people-friendly. Yeah. I understand there's some signage needed that people are driving down the wrong it, way. It though. is confusing. <laughs> but apparently... Yeah. So, so, that I mean, it just opened up the other day. So, yeah. hopefully, they're going to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, yeah. People are dri- heading up the wrong direction. But, yeah, hopefully, yeah. it gets worked out. But, uh, like... I, I, I'm. I mean, I, I find it hard to look down on Toronto. Yeah. In my opinion, um, I don't
0: know. I
1: don't know. I always see things and I go, man, why are we so messed up in the city? Our mm-hmm. transit, um, the congestion, the the lack of those who have the ability to uh, not enforce change but implement change. You know, to to, to be short sighted, uh, to not be visionary, Um you know, sort of say, oh yeah, we're just going to be relegated to
2: the best of the worst. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we have a an amazing opportunity for mm-hmm. sure. I I think we have been very short sighted. Yeah, when it comes to planning, mm-hmm. transit. Yeah. But I don't think that's in the last 10 years. I think that's in the well, last it's been a long 50 years yeah. or more. Um, you know, you look at the gardener and I think, and again, I'm just pulling this number out, sure. of, out of a hat, but I think the gardener was created for when Toronto would hit 300,000 people, but of course it would never hit that. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. I'd pull that number out of a hat. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, just ridiculous. So the planning back then was crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know hopefully, hopefully we have the opportun- well we have the opportunity that hopefully people will look towards the future and plan accordingly, mm-hmm. whether it happens or not I don't know
1: yeah, I'm relegated really to the fact that it won't happen
2: i uh, it's not in anyone's best interests, you're such a debbie downer
1: no, it's not it's not think think about it. put yourself in the shoe of you know you want to be the mayor or the councilor or or whatever it is of the city. It's not in your best interest. To think twenty years, you know, ahead. It's in your best interest to think a year ahead, um, because you won't be able to stay in that position if you don't think. You know, in in order for you to 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 be in the game, you got to play the game, right? And if you want to think twenty years in the future, you're going to have to make, uh, you know, at this stage of the game, some painful choices, and people. Uh, are are short-sighted and say you know i I don't want my money to go there or um i don't want to pay for for that now um so you know three four years comes around and i'm going to you know i'm going to vote the person in that's going to take care of me today not the person that's going to take care of my grandkids because i don't think that the majority of people think that way um so it's not in the best interest it's sort of you know it's it's a catch twenty
2: two. Well, it's interesting because I, I, I mean, I was just out at uh, Liberty Village on I think Monday, mm-hmm. and you want to talk about a master plan? Yeah, I keep hitting the <laughs> mic stand. Sorry. Um, you want? I mean, you talk about a master plan. That's an amazing little area that you cannot get to unless you drive well, that, or live beside it. <laughs> right. So it's like it's amazing. It's an amazing area on its own. Yeah. But try to get downtown to work. Yeah. Yeah. impossible. But that's 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 the It is an interesting that's, place. That's the grand picture. That yeah. yeah, absolutely needs to be dealt with. Yeah. I mean Liberty Village, if you if you put in, I think Smart Tracks going to stop there, is not?
1: I have no clue.
2: And uh the plan is King and Dufferin or whatever yeah, it is. yeah. So then you have the ability to bring people in. Like again, sure. you talk about my travels around the world. It's like I look at some of the cities yeah. that have amazing, you know, electric trains that are bringing people in from not far out of downtown yeah. directly into downtown. Mm-hmm. I think we need more of that. So if SmartTrack's the right start to that, sure, awesome. Perfect. Greg, thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Anything
1: else? Did you want to talk about anything else? Anything to get off your chest? Anything to make this more of a cathartic experience for you? I don't you? think so. I, 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 I felt like I've already <laughs> yes. done an hour of therapy, so I'm And I won't charge you for that. I appreciate it. And you you still got a beer to finish off. I do. Awesome. I really appreciate you coming in. All right, brother. Thank you uh, so much for joining us, and uh, we will talk to the rest of you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks.
2: Cheers.